if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest on Horse Chats is Heather Curry. Heather's a dressage rider. She's produced four stallions to Grand Prix and Heather believes that all good breeding stallions should also be good riding and competition stallions. This enables the stallions to truly show their trainability and ability to perform under pressure. Heather, how are you? I'm very well, Glynis. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good. Looking forward to talking to you. Very interested to find out a little bit more about your start, about the horses that you're producing, because I think you've certainly produced some good records there. And like having stallions is hard enough, but having them keeping them, and you've sort of repeated your performance over and over again by producing them to Grand Prix. So I'm sure that people are going to be able to learn a lot from you here. Oh, thank you, Glenna. (laughs) Heather, can you tell us your favourite quote? Because, you know, sometimes your favourite quote just tells us a little bit more about you as a person, you know, the sorts of things that that goes around in your mind almost. Mm, I definitely think uh, my my quote is definitely walk, walk, don't talk for talk. Yep. I definitely think, you know, being being a, uh, like myself, I'm a doer. Yes. Um, I'll get in there and get it done. Um, whether whether it comes comes out with a good result or not, I'll, I'll back it up the next day. Yep. I'll back it the day after, and I'll keep at it and at it and at it. And I think that's you know that's dressage and that's you know how to make good horses as well. You've got to be You've just got to keep showing up. Yes, yes. I don't like to, you know, I think a lot of people can talk a lot about things, but they don't actually do those things. So I suppose that's my motto. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's it. I think if you're out there doing it, it's not all going to be perfect. You know, you're going to go out there, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, but the good people are not those that never, ever have a bad day. It's those that come back and keep training and keep doing well and just keep at it. They're the people who will end up making it well. I think if you talk to any of the top riders, you know, they all have had days they'd just rather forget, but you've just got to keep coming back and keep doing it. Yes. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, just tell us a little bit. Now, I don't necessarily want to know a general idea of how you started with horses, but can you remember a specific time where you learnt a lesson or, or had a good memory or, or um, you know, sometimes you've got to learn lessons that I won't do that again. Can you remember an early time that you'd like to tell us about with horses? Yeah, um, I uh, have always been absolutely horse-mad, crazy, from from the earliest moment I can remember, you know, I, I drew horses, I horse <laughs> murals all over my bedroom. Yep. I was just, I was just mad for them. I loved them. Um, and, uh, you know, I got, I got my first horse called Cat Blue. And Cat Blue, I saved up, I, she was $100 to buy. And I was very young, I was about seven years old. And I, and I saved that $100 up. I traded my, my riding bikes and I did everything I could to get the $100 to buy Cat Blue. So 
I walked Catbaloo and I rode Catbaloo so much. I used to ride her bareback. I didn't have a saddle or a bridle. I'd ride her bareback and I'd quickly never be her back. And I, I wore a bald patch on her back from riding her so much. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, it's love, I love I love the horses. So, okay. Um, okay. What about you know? Because one thing to be riding, you know, a, a horse that you bought for a hundred dollars to then go on and have a career with horses. Was it always yes. that you were going to have a career? Was that always, always yes. going to be it? Yep. From a young age. Yes. Yeah. You know, this was always I found training horses you know, I enjoyed it. It came it came naturally. Uh, mm-hmm. I could get a horse operating nicely on the flat, multiple different horses. And so from actually a very young age I trained my first horse up and I sold it for a very good price. And then I reinvested the money on a better quality horse. And I did this from a very, very young age. And that's how I built my business. And that is how I ride the quality of horses I do today. Yes, it gets to be a bit of a shame when you've, you know, you've got to sell a horse that is a good quality because of financial reasons. You've, you've had to do that a couple of times? I've had to do that to build my business. But mm. been, I've had some very good horses that I've trained at a good level that I've actually had to take some money for yep. to then build the business. And, you know, um, I'm lucky I've got good owners now that have bought me some very good horses to ride as well. Um, but I, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose, you know, because it is my job, it is my, I don't, it is my job. It's how I make a living. It's my income. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've had to sell horses. I certainly didn't want to. Yep. You know, I would love yep. to take them through all the way and kept them, but I don't. I didn't always have that pleasure to do that, or or that. You know, that's just not the way my business ran. Yes. But it was yes. hard and hard emotionally because the whole team I have now, I've got myself in a position that I don't have to sell them. Mm-hmm. So I let myself become very emotionally attached to them now. Yep. Um, yep. Which is lovely. Mm. Yep, yep. But nice that you're in a position to have the horses in the first place. Mm, absolutely. Even if you had to sell them, it was nice to be in the position to be able to have them, to train them, to get them going well. Yeah. Yep. No, it's it's certainly been a journey to get to where I have been, you know, today. And it, you know, um, I suppose you know, in the early days, like I said, it was it was always trying to reinvest the money. Yes. To buy better quality horse to make better horses, you know? Yep. Now, if someone's going to work for you, you're looking for someone to help you work just with the horses, nothing to do with them being a great rider or training or anything else, what sort of person are you looking for? What sort of core skills or character traits do they need to be to work for you within that horse industry? Yep. Sure. So 100% what I just said originally, what my quote was, walk Mm -hmm. walk, don't talk. Yep. So in this industry, it's very physical, it's hard work, and you have to back it up day after day because they're animals. Yep. So I've had a lot of young people that have come through and didn't realise just actually how hard it is. It's not mm-hmm. a glamorous job. It looks glamorous from the outside sometimes, but it's actually very hard and it's actually very physical, and you have to be very committed. You have to want to do it. You have to love the horses. And I've got... You know, I've had some amazing young people work for me that have gone on to develop into, you know, amazing people. But they had a very good work ethic mm-hmm. at my stable, and I thought this person's going to be successful in life because of what they showed me at my stable. Yep. So, yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So even someone just straight out of school or still at school, they can still have that sure. good work ethic. Um, yep. 
it's it's a work ethic mm-hmm. and it's attention to detail in a, in a in a stable as well. It's like you know just not thinking, oh, that's okay, I'll leave it like that. It's it's the attention to detail that I need and I look for too in my staff. Yes. So you know, because at the end of the day, I run a big stable, so I can't oversee every single thing. So I have to be able to trust that 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 they will do the right thing by me. Yep. Yep. What do you think is the best thing then for working in the horse industry? Well, I think number one is getting to work with horses, getting to work with the most beautiful animal, and it's, it's an amazing lifestyle to be able mm-hmm. to work with these horses. And and the other thing is I think the experience, the yep. experience people get from working in a stable, from being the everyday day running of that, you know, to being involved in it, to seeing behind the scenes. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. you can't you can't buy that. You can't pay that. You have to experience that. So, mm. okay, you've worked with some really good people who've you know influenced you, helped you, taught you. Is there one in particular that you'd like to say that they've helped you, or are you just going to rattle off a, a whole heap of who's who of names? Because I know you've worked with some very good people. Yeah, I mean, look, Clement Dirks was absolutely instrumental. Yep. In in my career, and and and. And, and going forward, you know, what I, I learned from him and what he taught me, Yes, he taught me how to produce Grand Prix horses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, like I said, yes. Pulled out of thin air. Mm-hmm. So there was a system that took place to be able to do that, which I've been able to, you know, obviously I put my own, you know, sort of, you know, with your own feeling to it and things like that as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that he's been the main instrumental person, um, you know, along the way Definitely, I've had help from Roger Fitzharding, who's also been extremely, you know, knowledgeable, and I got a lot out of, you know, going forward. Matthew Dow's is for me, you know, an elite rider, and a leading rider in Australia, um, has been for many years, and will continue to be. Yep. So, you know, I suppose I've taken influences from Australia as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I look to who our, our leaders are here. And get the help from who I feel were are the best in Australia. Yep, yep. I think that's a good plan to follow anyway. You know, for anyone who's coming up, and and even if they're not going to be a dressage rider, if they're going to be a show jumper and a vendor or another area within the industry, if they look at the best who's available and go for the best mm. to learn off. Otherwise, it, it's a bit slow, isn't it? You know, if you're learning for someone who's well, not the I best. Yeah, I always say, why Why would you get help from someone that, number one, hasn't produced riders or horses? Mm-hmm. Number two, hasn't produced horses themselves. Wouldn't you want to go to someone that would is able has shown that they are they can actually do this and they can do it to a good level? Yep. For me, for me, that is what I look for. If someone else may look for something completely different, that is what I look for. So, okay. And that is what I feel these people have been able to give me. Yes. So, Yes. With my career going forward. Okay. Okay. Now, thinking of horses, and I know that you've had a few, have you got one that you'd like to say, this is the horse who has influenced me the most and why? I think, you know, probably my my horse that was just, you know, he gave me his whole heart. He, he got me on the, you know, National Grand Prix circuit competing. First was Dusseldorf. Mm-hmm. He was a horse okay. I'd broken yep. in and through to Grand Prix. And yep. then the next one was Blitz. Um, I feel like Donna Blitz and I never really got to fulfill his true potential. He had a lot of injuries. But he was certainly a horse that suddenly 
you know, sort of in Australia, he was competitive and he was an up and coming and, um, you know, uh, gave me, I, I was very attached to both of those horses. Yeah, yeah. So thinking of all the proud moments that you've had, all the achievements that you've had and all everything you've won, if you've got a single proudest moment, what would that be? I think when um, I first sort of came onto the scene with Donald Lutz and he just won every class he went in at one particular championship to state in Victoria and, you know, with over 70% and he just, he just, I think that was a defining for me that was sort of like, you know, you know, from Australia, but, you know, we're okay. Yeah, so we yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. I think, and, you know, I've had, you know, other, other, you know, amazing, you know, times and moments, but that for me was nearly surreal, really, because I felt like I was this South Australian rider that was always sort of battling uphill a little bit and, you know, sort of not in the main flow of, of, of you know, Sydney and Victoria and, you know, sort of the mainstream dressage. Yeah, mm. yeah. Now, competing stallions, why did you choose a stallion? Why didn't you just go for a gelding or even a mare who would have been easier? Why did you go for a stallion in the first place? A hundred percent. That's a fantastic question. And the question is because they could earn an income mm-hmm. and it was my business. Yep. Going forward, do I choose to ride stallions now? Oh, absolutely not. They are so much harder to ride because you're dealing with testosterone. So for many years, my whole career, really, I've had to ride stallions, and they're not they're not easy mm. um, because, you know, there's a lots of other things that can come into the the, um, the equation because of the test, they're testosterone-driven as well. So you really have to have them on your side, and you really need to be able to ride them psychologically as well because, you know, you can't stand over a stallion. Mm. Um, I still ride stallions. The funniest thing, I said, when I get to my age, I don't want to be riding stallions anymore yet my yep. team is still predominantly stallions so, yeah, but yeah. I do enjoy my building uh-huh. okay <laughs> I okay do enjoy my building now. yes so, yeah. Yeah. yeah yes because right through and I'm thinking you know even from when you had your first horses and you were training them and selling them at a profit and reinvesting and going back into more you've you've had a very much a business mindset that if this is going to be my career, it's not my hobby. I'm, I'm going to make enough money to live on so that it can be my career. And the same thing with the stallions. So, it, you know, correct. because money's always going to be a problem. You know, it's um, you can you can buy a certain amount. Yep. Yeah. My main competition horses were, with stallions. were also making an income at standing at stud. Yes, so, yes. Mm-hmm. So money aside then. What's been your biggest challenge thinking about where you are now, where you've got to start, you're breeding horses, you're bringing horses on, you've got staff, you know, you're, you're living a life that a lot of people would be dreaming about. But what really is the challenge there? Yeah, I think that's what I've had to actually ask myself now that I've actually achieved, you know, mm. I live in a, the most beautiful property now and I've, I've, I've ticked off many goals from my life and, and that was making a business through through horses. Yep. You know, and and that's not an easy thing to do. And I've I've thought, well, you know, when 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 is when am I going to be happy? Because look at what I've achieved through horses, mm. and that business and the property and staff and and you know a good team of horses. And I think now what I'd like to do is enjoy my own horses, my own training. Yes, yep. I still have to have business, but I like to concentrate more on. You know, just the training of my own individual horses. I love to help other people as well. So, you know, I 
teach a lot and I help a lot of people from South Australia um, and, uh, you know, and just enjoy it and, and smell the roses because I've always had to keep my foot to the pedal, yep. if that makes sense. Yep, yep, so, yep. Yeah. So you're enjoying that now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So thinking then about, you know, and you've got your, your own staff that you're training and I'm sure you've got a few select riders, but is there a common theme amongst the riders, and it may not even be with the riders that you've got now because you might have already fixed it, but is there a common theme that you see that you see people riding faults, you know, things that they're doing consistently, things that they, they could, if they change this, then everything would improve? Uh, I think I'm a big one for, for the riders that I've had under me, and I've had quite a few, um, is that they need to use their own instinct and fear as well. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to stand out and hold their hand and around the arena with them. And the people, whoever's ridden for me, knows that. Yep. So I will give them feedback in the full detail that I'll give them. They need to need to take that on board straight away and, and and not it doesn't need to be an essay. Does that make sense? Like I'll make a it's got yeah, and you need to catch on to that quickly. Because if there's thirty horses in work and they've got ten and I've got ten and the other one's got ten, we're all out there working. So the small moment that look over and say this, 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 they need to take that and digest the information and go forward with it. And it mm-hmm. and it comes with yeah, because that's I think, yeah, someone that I like to see the riders use a little bit of their own natural sort of ability and and feel and talent as well. Okay, okay. Because we're not in Europe. We don't have someone standing there 24 hours a day watching us and helping us. Yeah. You know? Yep, yep. To me, it's sort of bringing back the same, it's efficiency. You know, it's efficiency when you've got riders that you're training and you're riding at the same time, that's being efficient. But if you're giving them a certain amount and you're not standing there holding their hand all the time, mm. that's efficiency and that's bringing you back to the the whole business um, thought mm. that you've got that's, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, there's no money in horses and I don't know, you know. I, I know there's a lot of people that will disagree, but I think you've got to go into it with a little bit of a business mindset, not just going in saying I love horses, they're my hobby and all of a sudden I'm going to make a fortune out of horses. I don't think that works, but it's the efficiency that you're you're doing yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's also recognising, you know, the right, you know, for me, I mean, I've got, I've had many, many people that would love to be a rider. Mm-hmm. They're not suitable. So it's also me recognising very early on this, this person is worth putting some time to. Yes. This person is worth putting some effort into to develop mm-hmm. and, Obviously, then obviously they go and make their own way in their business. It's wonderful, and that is what I like to see. Yep. You know? yep. And uh, um, because at the end of the day, that they are a product of dance under a such. Yep. 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 Yeah, worked under me for many years, and then mm-hmm. they've gone on and gone on other things. That's fantastic. So. Yeah. Mm. Yep. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. All right. Now, what about books? Do you have time to read books? Have you got one that you could recommend to our listeners to complement their training? Complement their training? Mm. I mean... I think no, no book in particular that I've read that I'd say you must read this. I mean, yep. I've read a few that go 
from through the years. I think what I I, I think the internet now, mm-hmm. you've got that much information. I'd I'd recommend more to be watching and listening to the leaders at the moment. We can we've got access to all of this at fingertips now, which we yep. never used to have. Yep. So I think much as through a book, you could get more out of the internet now by watching, watching and listening. Yes, and, and you're saying to the leaders, so I think, again, that goes back to what area of specialisation do you want to be in? Look at who's at the top of their field there and, and you know, could be lots of different areas within the horse niche, but go to them, listen to them, watch them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Heather, what are you looking forward to at the moment? What What does your future hold? Um, well, I'm currently sitting in my horse truck at the Australian Dressage Championship. <laughs> my horse, Terry, came runner-up, novice Australian champion. Oh, that's so brilliant. Very happy yep. um, I'm looking forward to Equitana in three weeks where I'm yes. riding the Masterclass Gross Taurus. Mm-hmm. Also been invited to ride in the Grand Prix there with one of the Spanish stallions, uh, Istanbi as well. He's only eight years old and he started at Grand Prix, but he's, you know, just a young horse starting at that level. Yes. So I'm really looking forward to Equitana. Um and then in December we come back to Victoria, Victorian Championships, and mm-hmm. uh, and then it's in 2019. So yeah, so lots, lots of good shows coming up, and I've got some lovely young horses at home that I need to qualify in between Australia. Um, so yeah, there's lots of exciting coming up. Good, good. All right, now just before we go, can you summarise your philosophy with horses? You know, just putting it into a message for our listeners, if if you were going to just give them a takeaway for them to go away and think about, what would you say? I think just be committed, work hard, yep. you know, back, back, back it up every day. Um, look, if you've gone and had a bad competition, look at the positive, but always look at forward for the positive. Don't look at the negative. I always look forward. I look forward on the way forward all the time through it. I never think, oh, that's bad and backwards, if that makes sense. Yep. So I think that's my philosophy. Just keep keep, keep going. And and the other thing is, is always remember, you know, you're your own biggest critic. No one really, they're worried about what they're doing. You mm-hmm. just need to be worried about what you're doing. Do you yep. know what I mean? Yes. And uh, I think, you know, just love the horses. Like, I love my horses. Like, I truly do. Yeah. I really love them. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I treat them very, very much like a friend, mm-hmm. to be honest. And, yep. and I have the empathy with horses as well. And it's amazing, how, you know, training with empathy, how much you can get out of the horses. So, yes, mm. yes. Okay, now Heather, if people would like to contact you, because you've got some young horses for sale as well, haven't you? Yes. 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 So if people would like to contact you, how can they do that? What's the best way? Um, it's by uh, my mobile phone number, yep. which uh, is available on my website, yep. Dance on Dressage, and also my email address, danceondressage1 at gmail.com. Okay. And those details will be on your page at horsechats.com slash Heather Curry, or just go to horsechats.com, search for Heather or search for Curry, and you'll come across Heather's page and you'll be able to find her contact details on there. Heather, thanks very much for talking to us. I'm looking forward to you going on, continuing on, doing very well, and hopefully you'll find some time to come back and chat to us again. I'd love to. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, thanks, Heather. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. 
If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.